Welcome to Let's Get Unraveled, a place where artists from all walks of life come to share their unabridged stories and speak openly and candidly about their creative journeys. We're so happy you're here. Hi, everybody. I'm Co Hodges, the co-founder of Unraveled Academy, an online photography school and community where we offer artists a place to grow and create without fear of judgment and where every artist has a seat at the table. Today, I am super stoked to be speaking with the amazing Pippa Scott and Kendall Gender. Thank you both so much for being here today. Yeah, thank Woo-hoo. you so much for having us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to be here and talking to you. So thank you. Yeah. This is going to be really amazing and honestly a very uh, unique interview and I've been looking forward to this for a while now. So I'm just stoked to have you both. So um, Pippa, we're going to start with you. Can you tell everyone where you're located in the world and what creative work you primarily do? Yeah, so um Currently, I, I just moved from California, so I was in Southern California for, for quite a while, and that's where I kind of started my photography uh, journey in photojournalism and documentary photography. Mm. And then back in March, um, I relocated to Vancouver, Canada. Um, so that is where I am based now, and that is uh, where I found uh, the drag queen group, Brat Pack, and where I started started the project here in Vancouver. Oh, amazing. Um, so that's actually a perfect segue to talk about this project. And it's such a beautiful documentary project. And the images are just stunning. I'm blown away, truly. Um, Thank so you can so you, much. Oh, you're welcome. Can you tell our listeners what the project entails and how you initially got involved? Yeah, so when I was out in California, I started working with wonderful, wonderful a documentary photographer named Kirsten Lewis. And um, she had like a year long mentoring program that I became a part of with a a bunch of students. Mm -hmm. And as part of um, our mentoring, she wanted us to pick a personal project that we would work on for um, several months of this mentorship. So um, I was working with her and then Felicia Chang and Kelly Collar. Those were three Mm -hmm. really, really, wonderful, wonderful photographers who really inspired me. Um, And so, you know, we were just thinking about subjects and I really couldn't find one for a long time. Um, And a lot of my fellow classmates were picking really impactful uh, stories that really mattered, but they were just so heavy in subject matter. And I just like moved my entire life from California and I just, I wanted to go back to my roots. So my roots are performance. I I trained on Broadway in my twenties and I wanted, yeah, (laughs) quite a while ago, 35 now. Oh, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's my background, you know, as a singer and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, what can I do to connect my love of performing uh, arts and uh, photography and um, drag queens just, like everything just came together and I was like, this would be an amazing project. And so I started basically just going on the internet and looking for what the drag scene was in Mm -hmm. Vancouver. And I came across a group called the Brat Pack and I was just instantly drawn. I was like, this is my project. I need to reach out to them and work with them because it's just their energy, their, the way they perform, the fact that they work as a group together is so unique. And so I reached out and that's kind of how it all started, that, that relationship and the, and the project. Amazing. Okay. So Kendall, when did you first get involved in drag? 
Um, well, I mean, when I really think about it, the first time I was probably in drag was back when I was seven years old and I dressed up as Posh Spice. Yes. Uh, but I don't 100, I don't 100% know if that counts. Um, my first time into like adulthood drag um, would probably be back in 2015. Um, I got uh, a part of the show that was called Cherry Pop. Um, and the person that was hosting the show was actually Jane Smoker, um, who's also in the Brat Pack. Um, and Jane Smoker became my drag mom. Um, so now a drag mother, for people that don't know, is actually someone who uh, kind of puts you into drag for the very first time, um, kind of gives you the hair, the makeup, and the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, and then she gave me an opportunity to to perform in her show called Cherry Pop. Um, so that was kind of my first, uh, you know, dipping my toes in the water or dipping my stiletto in the water, I guess you could say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, I love that. And can you tell me a little bit more about how you got involved, obviously with Jane and, and uh, your segue into the Brat Pack? Um, how long have you all been working together? Yeah, so it was actually um, back uh, in that same year as okay. well. Um, and uh, it just sort of started off, um, actually, no, that would have been 2016. My apologies. Um, so we started off in 2016, um, and the group was sort of formed together um, by Jane Smoker and another uh, member who's no longer a part of it. Mm. And they just sort of take, took a few people in the city that they, you know, had similar aesthetics to, similar vibes, also personal friends. Um, and then they just sort of melded together this um, this group of misfits, I guess you could say. Yes. Um, and, you know, it was something that I don't know um, if, if they at the time really had the idea of how quickly it would take off mm-hmm. um, and how popular it would kind of become. It's sort of the, uh, you know, it's kind of that ideology um, based around the success of the Spice World. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a character and the kind of person that they can really, really, really relate to. Like you might come to the show and you're like a huge part of one, or a huge fan of like one girl's music or one girl's aesthetic and that kind of stuff. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a I think that kind of brings in all the popularity. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. And this is obviously such a creative process and source of self-expression. So can you talk a little bit more about what that means to you and, and what that's done for you on your own creative journey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I always say that drag is sort of like a thing that existed in me before I even knew that it did exist. Right. Um, it's sort of one of those things that uh, I had when I was a little kid, but I wasn't really sure how to how to sort of like channel it. Um, the character that I developed, it kind of just came to me that day that I kind of stepped on stage and I put the wig on and it's, it's something that always lives in, inside of me. And, and for me, I, you know, I've had my fair shares of trials and tribulations as, as anyone has. And uh, mm-hmm. for me, I'm very lucky to have found drag because it's, it is my art form. It is my creative outlet that I can channel things through when I'm going through a breakup or I'm going mm-hmm. through you know, um, a, a variety of different, you know, stuff that's going on, I tend to channel it through my, through my dry character. Wow. Oh, I love that so much. And so when you look at Pippa's photographs of you, how, how do they make you feel? You know, the thing that's quite like interesting about this whole series is drag in a whole is is created, right? So you've, you've created a person, you've created an aesthetic. And this project in particular is a little bit different because we don't get to create the story as much. We don't get to create the, you know, the angles, the lighting, my, my boobs can't be pushed up in the right way, right. all this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's a little bit more raw and it's interesting to see that sort of variety in the drag aesthetic that is so created and it's so face tuned and it's so much hair and glitter and all this stuff and 
I mean, my Instagram is like, I mean, it's, it's a complete it's array of like something that I've created. Whereas this project, it's raw. It's the, it's the moments behind the scenes. It's the moments in our rehearsals when like, you know, I still have mascara running down my eyes and, right. and, and that kind of stuff, you know? So it, it, it creates a really different view into the drag world. And I think that's why people have kind of gravitated towards it because it's not maybe how you would view a drag queen. You don't always see the person behind uh, the character. Oh, totally. I think it's just so impactful. Um, and to show, you know, the two sides of it in, and, and you're right in such a raw way and the documentary feel and Pippa, we're going to talk a little bit about your beginnings. I know you mentioned photojournalism, um, and how mm-hmm. you've transitioned into doing, uh, you know, more of that in, in your later work. And I have to ask, cause you know, I'm sure, you know, like, you know, there's so many documentary hubs and groups and there's such a, a, a constant dialogue about what true documentary is and lifestyle versus documentary and the purest <laughs> and all that. Um, yeah. But so how much of what you're photographing, are you manipulating? Are you literally a fly on the wall um, and just going behind the scenes and documenting what you see? A hundred percent. I knew it. So, I, <laughs> I do not, I do not manipulate anything. Um, and if I, if I catch myself, um, so if I, with any documentary project, it succeeds. And I remember, you know, talking to my mentors about this on trust. Mm. If, if you don't have trust, you can't, I mean, ultimately the project will eventually fall apart mm. um, because you are asking a lot of your subjects and you're asking them to allow you into parts of their lives and who they are that they, you know, don't show. I mean, it's kind of like, even for me, I'm a documentary photographer, but if somebody wanted to follow me with a camera, I think I'd be kind of uncomfortable and I like being in front of the camera. (laughs) So like, it's just such a weird concept to have somebody kind of around in moments that are, good and bad. And I think our natural um, tendency in in those moments is to push away. Like if we're having a bad day or I don't know, just generally in a bad mood or upset, the last thing you want is somebody photographing you. Right. But those are the most powerful and the most important images to really that I strive to try to work towards. Um, But I keep myself in check. You know, it's whenever you're working very uh, intimately um, with, with people that you trust and you, you value and you become friends with, um, you just have to be careful that you are not accidentally putting yourself into the story. Mm-hmm. And that's like, sometimes like I might be like, Hey, let's go here. And then I'm like, um, no, maybe that's me directing them right. to, to go. And that I do struggle with a little bit. Like, <laughs> should we, you know, as friends, should we go here and do this? And then I'm like, nope, can't photograph that now (laughs) because I planted that seed that that's, would they have done that without my narrative? Finding the balance between being friends and not influencing can be quite tricky. Um, But I always, you know, come back to my mentors and, you know, ethically look at things. And so no, I, I, if I, I have to feel good about an image and where it's, you know, 
<laughs> how oh. it's come about. Absolutely. Well, I say you knocked it way out of the park, girl. I'm so impressed by it. Um, and I really <laughs> commend you for, because there's two vulnerable parties here. There's the vulnerable photographer who wants to do something and might get rejected. And then there's the vulnerable group who is like, well, you're going to do what now? So how, how did that start? <laughs> like when she reached out to you, Kendall, how did that go? Um, tell me a little bit about that interaction. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was kind of just something that we were super excited about. I mean, awesome. when you first get, of course, when you ask, I mean, we're dry greens. We love attention. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely no, there's no skating around that. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just seemed like a really, really, really interesting project. And I mean, I think, I think the thing that uh, I don't want to speak for Pippa, but I kind of assume is that she gravitated towards us because we're not just coworkers. We are a mm. group of literal best friends. Yeah. Um, the people that are that are in the group now, um, we've stuck around in this in this project and made it what it is because we are literally best friends. Right. So we're not just you know meeting up at the club and saying, "Hey, you know, put on a Britney Spears song and <laughs> dance around in our underwear." <laughs> but, although sometimes that does happen. Um, but <laughs> Sounds it, fabulous. <laughs> it's it's so much. It, there's so much more levels to that. We have yeah. these intense personal relationships that kind of spread much further than drag. Right. So, I mean, for us, it was, it, it's one of those things, like, why would we not want to look back on that in, you know, 10 years and have all these beautiful images of this, like, magical time in our lives, you know? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. And I love the trust here and, and the relationship that has built. And I, that's so key. And it's so hard when you're, when you're doing that as, like, um, a portrait photographer, family photographer, couples, whatever, and when you have an hour or two in which to gain that trust and say, I'm going to make you look amazing. Right. And mm -hmm. then to do it on the level of where you are literally a fly on the wall and they're just doing everything as they would with you just there. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. I mean, I think that was like, that was what we had to kind of let go of in the beginning too. Right. Like we kind of had to just be like, because when we first saw the images, we were all like, Whoa, we were not expecting them to be as like raw. Like, you know, our, our, like our little flaws that we like to, to hide, we weren't, we weren't expecting them to be there, but then that's where the trust comes in. Right. And we're like, right. no, because that's what you want. And that's, and that's the side that you want to show. So. Right. Oh, and it's so powerful and impactful. And I want to talk a little bit about that, the the sides we don't want to show. And these are mm -hmm. two obviously hugely creative industries. And there's so many parallels there on, on the creative journey of like the, the self-doubt and the comparison and the slumps that come. And I'm sure that you've experienced all of those in different capacities, doing the work that you do, making the art that you make. So being in such a tight knit group, do you feel that that has helped when those things come on your creative journey? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're kind of like, uh, it's like a shield to yeah. an extent. Do you know what I mean? Because you have these, it, I mean, it's a, it's a very much a chosen family. It's a, yeah. it's a family that has been um, almost, uh, you know, curated. Right. Um, and it, it is, it, it, yeah, it's almost like, it's almost like armor to the world, you know, because we get to, we're all on the same sort of parallel. So we get to kind of protect each other and, right. and, and experience things together. And also when something happens, if it's from the outside world or from an outside, you know, party, we kind of all band together and we're like, we'll all sit down and we'll be like, okay, what can we do to now move forward and make sure that everyone's comfortable? Because right. it's like, you know, if, if everyone's not comfortable, Jerry will leave the Spice Girls, you know, right. like, <laughs> right. and, and, and I mean, and, and that's, and that's like, and that's just, uh, it's just, it's beautiful, really. 
Absolutely. Pippa, for you, obviously in the photography community and even more segmented, the documentary photography community, have you found like a community wrapping around your project and like cheering you on and being your cheerleaders? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, they are. They're awesome. <laughs> I've um, made some of the best. I absolutely, one thing that I really love about this field is how many strong, like, fantastic women I've come into contact with. Um, It's just such an amazing field that I came into because I've just, all of my mentors, all of my inspiration has come from these really, except one, I got a shout out, Scott Strazante is awesome. (laughs) Um, But, but uh, yeah, I've, you know, not to discredit men, they're wonderful men, but right, of course. just, I love the, like the real life conference just happened with all these wonderful women photographers coming together. And I absolutely love that sense of community. Um, I think photography for me can be a little bit hard because I'm not naturally someone who likes to disappear behind the camera. And, mm-hmm. you know, I like, I went to theater school. I like to be around people <laughs> and socialize and do that stuff. Yes. And photography can be quite lonely. You're taking yes. pictures, you're seeing, you're going back, you're editing. Um, and so having that really strong community to give me feedback, if I feel like I'm misstepping or if I'm you know, going the wrong direction, they pull me back is really, really wonderful. Mm, I love that so much. And if somebody listening really wanted to do a project, not like this one, but similar to, to what you have done, where would, where would you recommend they go? Obviously you had a mentor and you had a group of people to push you towards finding your story, finding something that would be uh, impactful, kind of your legacy. One of your legacies would be behind as an artist. If you, mm-hmm. if anybody listening really wants to do that and take their work to the next level, what would you recommend? Um, well, first off, I think you, um, you have my mentors are everything to me. Like I already mentioned them, um, Kelly Collar, Felicia Chang and Kirsten Lewis. Um, they've made a huge difference to me. And when I went in with them, I said, you know, I want to be a better photographer, but more importantly, I want to be more courageous. Mm-hmm. I don't want my, um, any insecurities to ruin shots or stand in the way of something that I think is important. And they are absolutely fantastic at pushing me when maybe I don't want to do something or it's uncomfortable. They'll, they'll push (laughs) really hard. And um, so I really owe them for pushing me um, to be what I think, you know, better in in what I do for sure. Um, And then also, I think you really have to photograph what you love. Mm. If I didn't love arts, um, artists, uh, performance, drag queens, I could not do this project. Um, the authenticity and the intimacy comes from the connect. And so any photographer, um, they might be totally fascinated with architecture and that could be their project and that would bore the crap out of me um (laughs) (laughs) really blunt that's good Um, (laughs) you know or like landscape is wonderful my father is a travel photographer and he takes just images of ice (laughs) and that sort of stuff um but for me it's all in the heart I want to see into somebody and I want to display that back and have that vulnerability and intimacy and connection happen um with my subjects so 
that's why I gravitated towards this. So it's always, it's not just me, the photographer. Like I said, it's the chemistry within the group. Mm -hmm. Um, If it doesn't work, then the project will stop working. So that's how you know. (laughs) No, Um, absolutely. But that's, that really is the most important thing to make the project successful. Hmm. Well, I'm sure everybody's wondering a little bit too about (laughs) your settings and your equipment and how you're shooting in very dark Mm -hmm. rooms uh, and utilizing the light that's available to you. Um, Because I'm assuming you're not using any external flash or anything like that. No. Right. So can you, (laughs) I'm, I'm looking at this as I'm blown away by you. It's really, really amazing. And I can only imagine that being put into these very, very dark situations, um, have just taken you to the next level as far as far as pushing your camera's capabilities. Um, what are you shooting with? What camera do you shoot with? A Sony a nine and I freaking love it. <laughs> I started nice. with a Nikon D750 mm-hmm. and, you know, the mirrorless cameras have just upped their games they really so much have. and yes. they are, they're more so even now. And when I picked up a Sony, I was like, okay, I'm Sony <laughs> all the way. <laughs> no offense, Nikon. Right, I mean, right, right. Powerful, powerful cameras for sure. Mm-hmm. But the Sony, oh my God, it's so light. So it's not like I lose balance when I'm trying to photograph. Um, And yeah, it's just an amazing camera. And in terms of um, I push my ISO really high (laughs) Um, when I need to. And I'm not afraid to just because it's such a like it handles really high ISO too really well. And then, you know, in Lightroom, I might adjust uh, the noise a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, this this camera like I should uh, be an ambassador. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> I'd buy one now just talking to you. Like it sounds like it's the one. Uh, <laughs> so will you tell me your uh, like typical settings for like your indoor work with um, um, really, really dark situations? Um, dark situations. Like I try not to go below like F4. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, usually somewhere between four and five. And then um, my shutter speed, I usually don't like to go much lower than, definitely not lower than 250, but I normally right. keep it at 320. Same, yeah. Um, and then um, the ISO, like it just really depends. Sometimes, like I've gone all the way up to like 12, 12, 14,000, like really high. <laughs> That's awesome. But usually it's, usually it's more like um, anywhere from like three to five incredible uh, maybe a little higher it just really depends and yeah. then obviously I just wait for light mm-hmm. to hit them so even if it's dark if there's any light right. <laughs> um I think you know like even though I'm a document documentary photographer and I can't influence them there are definitely times where they are stood like outside where they perform at the junction mm-hmm. they often go out and stand outside and the lighting there is just awful and there's so many times that I just like will them in my head please turn around because there's like some big light behind them or you know they're just like literally a few steps from something and I'm like if they just stood there no doubt um and that definitely can get frustrating because I'm quite controlling in my like nature um but I I manage it's a good practice for me I managed to bite my tongue and just accept that those images are just not going to work. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I would love to ask each of you this question. Um, what is the biggest thing that you have learned from this experience? Kendall, I'm going to have you go first. Yeah, I think the, uh, the biggest thing that I've learned is that, uh, everything doesn't have to be so, you know, face tuned and perfect. Um, I think life is not designed like that. And I think, uh, in 2018, we spend a little bit too much time, um, creating the world that we want as opposed Mm -hmm. to living in the world that we're actually a part of. Um, and I think that this, um, kind of experience has, has has taught me that a little bit and kind of, it's just, it's a different self-reflection. Oh, Oh my gosh. Well, you got me all choked up. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Pippa, how about you? What was the biggest thing you learned from this experience? Um, Going back to the idea of keeping an open mind that you always, for me, I I really want to know where everything's going. I have a vision. I mean, I think it's always useful to have a vision of what Mm. you want, but it's keeping an open mind to the idea that when you're doing true documentary photography or photojournalism, you don't know this is real life. So you have no idea where your story is going to take you. If it's going to be an ongoing story, if it's going to end abruptly, if it's going to go longer, if it's going to change direction and keeping an open mind to that. I know my friend, Katie Jetwell walls, she's been working on a project that I really admire. And it's, um, she was working with a, a couple, um, a gay couple, and one of them um, has really bad bipolar, mm. up and down mood swings. And and she photographed them. And that was the start of her story. She was just going to photograph um, their relationship. They'd been together nearly 20 years. Wow. And in the middle of her story, um, you know, he had um, an episode and left and just left. Wow. <laughs> and so her project became following um his partner who you know has um is hiv positive is now being evicted from his home in queens Mm. and she just like all these turns all this stress it would have been so easy for her subjects to just say no (laughs) i don't want to do this anymore it's getting too hard but luckily um he didn't and she's just taken the project a totally different direction and it's really, really incredible. Um, so yeah, it's just, again, keeping an open mind to, you can't control life. Life's going to go whatever direction it is. And you just have to hope that and trust that if there's a purpose for the story, that it will go there. Right. Oh my gosh. And what a humanizing concept and that, and, and I loved what you said, Kendall, about living the life that you're actually in because it's so true. Mm. And especially, you know, on Instagram and we're constantly inundated with all of these images and these stories and, and we're constantly, you know, looking at other people and going, Oh my gosh, it looks amazing. Wish my life was like that. Of course. Yeah. I've been, <laughs> I've done that. I, we've all done that. It's, it's just part of it. It's part of the journey, but acknowledging that and saying, Oh my gosh, yes. And looking at these images, there's a reason why they're so impactful. There's a reason why Katie's story is so impactful because it, it it's real. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, 100%. That's why I clicked with documentary photography because I'm not a generation that had like, we didn't really do selfies. <laughs> right, right. When I was thinking, what did you, did you do selfies? <laughs> was that a thing when right. you were younger? Like it just, it seems like, so Instagram, I kind of joined because I'm a photographer, but I was very much Facebook. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's just this world of like 
selfies and mm -hmm. posed and yeah. perfect. And I just screamed out against that internally. I was just <laughs> like, this is awful. <laughs> this is not how you want to remember your life. I mean, right. in the moment, it, I guess it, it looks good or you think, oh, wow, I'm, you know, whatever. But mm -hmm. when you look back, 20 years later, mm -hmm. you just have like 500 pictures of you posing in a mirror. Like right. that's, it, it's just, there's so much more of the story to, to capture. As I'm literally photoshopping a selfie of myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Oh my gosh. But it's not just selfie, But this selfie is extremely authentic and the mirror is very intellectual. <laughs> there you go. So it's okay. We're going to go. I'm just That was something I noticed when I became a mom, you know, just yeah. looking around and, and being like, um, you know, people literally looked at me like I was an abusive parent when I would take <laughs> pictures of my kids tantruming at the park. Right, right, right. Like, they thought I was crazy. Like, my son would be having, like, the tantrum from just, like, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. to be blunt. Right. And I'd be stood there kind of taking pictures of him. And <laughs> I love it. people would be, like, looking at me like, are you, are you crazy? Are you right. a parent? Right. And I was just like, man, if you can't laugh, if you can't have some evidence of Absolutely. how life actually really is raising children. No I mean, it's just, yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. You know? That's a fact. Well, and I think it's something so true. And I've experienced both things. I have had a documentary photographer, um, Ashley Jennett. I don't know if you follow her, the stork and the beanstalk. She's a genius. Mm -hmm. um, and she mm -hmm. came and did a, a, a documentary session of our, our family a couple years ago. Um, and then I've had the more posed sessions. And I will tell you this one session in particular, I look at the pictures and we, I, I remember, you know, it being very a very stressful day. My ex-husband and I had a huge fight before and then we went, we posed and we smiled and we did all the things you're supposed to do. And you know what I remember about those? Yeah, my kids look really freaking cute, but I remember how I felt that day. And that's yeah. what is so powerful about imagery and why the experience matters so much more than just the finished product is because it, it makes you feel and it's a human quality there. So oh, I'm so inspired by both of you guys. And I want to know, what is the next chapter creatively for both of you? What does 2019 look like for both of you? Kendall, you go first. Um, yeah, I mean, the next sort of step for the group as a whole is our, our new season of the show. We call our uh, our run at the club seasons because mm -hmm. um, they, they just run for a certain amount of time. Um, but yeah, we're launching in the middle of January. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at Rat Pack Forever. Awesome. Follow all of our... Uh, Britney Spears numbers and underwear, like I mentioned before, which I'm <laughs> sure you're all very excited about. Oh, yeah. Um, no, but just kind of, yeah, just kind of gearing down and uh, getting back to the, the grind of our weekly show. Mm -hmm. um, we do travel um, a bit with the group, um, which is awesome. So just kind of getting back into that, the swing of things. Yeah, fantastic. Pippa, how about you? Um, so I'm going to just like see, um, you know, organically um, where the story goes. There's some... Uh, opportunities people have approached me with so we'll mm -hmm. just have to chat and see like I said um if if it if there's something further or something else to to do there and then I'm like <laughs> also looking at crazily going back to school myself oh, wow. um to to do um opera study oh my gosh <laughs> so, amazing yeah oh well, my gosh you're so we'll much cooler see. than me <laughs> go back to school for opera that sounds freaking awesome oh yeah <laughs> yeah. 
it's going to be a lot of rehearsal, but I just, I can't wait to like use my voice again in some way. And just, it's really been lacking. So I feel like if I can really push my voice over the next few years, that would be very fulfilling for me. That's so rad. Well, you guys, I am going to list a ton of mentions and links. I want you guys to go follow both of them. Their journeys are incredible. They're beautiful humans. Thank you guys so much for being here. It means a lot. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for chatting with us. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you're here and we hope you walk away feeling inspired as hell. If you're not already a student in Unraveled Academy, go to www.theunraveledacademy.com. You can also access the link below. Come join us. We have a seat waiting with your name on it.